Welcome to the 5G Techvitory podcast, where we will explore the hottest topics in 5G with some of the industry's leading minds. More on policies and strategies and regulations. So this discussion panel will be led by someone who's really deeply rooted in the ecosystem. So with an ambitious mandate for European digital innovation hubs to serve as one-stop shops supporting companies to respond to digital challenges and become more competitive, so this is the system where everything is happening and no one really knows what is exactly the only way to go. But this panel, Discussion will cover the impact on the economy, regional and EU interests, as well as uh, ways to collaborate and measure the success of the most ambitious and desperately needed EU-wide digitalization support program. So let's see what are our opportunities. Please welcome moderator of this panel, Executive Director of Latvian IT Cluster, Aiga Irmea, and her panel. Uh, good afternoon in 5G Territory Conference, uh, people uh, here in this room and who are watching us uh, online. Uh, we will be discussing European digital innovation hubs, or for the sake of simplicity, let's say EDICs. EDICs have been a, quite a hot topic during past years in various discussions and conferences and seminars. And this is really a topic already uh, being discussed a lot, and still we feel that there is lots to add. Literally these days, many of hubs around Europe are signing their agreements. Uh, some already have started their operations, but the majority of European digital innovation hubs will start their operations in January next year. However, there is a quite a pattern that we see during the launch of the EDIC initiative. And this pattern highlights confusion and the differences in understanding what EDICs should do, what EDICs will do, and what is the basic concept of EDICs. So, as I said, my name is Ai Girme and I'm executive director of Latvian IT Cluster. We are also one of two EDICs in Latvia. And I have invited a quite a panel of experts, renowned experts and uh, people whom I know and whom I worked a lot together already so far, and I hope we will work in future as well. And we will discuss topic of edicts, how we see it, and what are recommendations for policymakers around Europe, how to shape uh, edict policy and edict strategy so that it fits regional development needs and also European innovation and digitalization needs. So, starting from my left is uh, Raimond Lapinch, Deputy State Secretary at Ministry of Economics of Latvia. When first ideas about EDIC program were launched, Raimond was actually the one with a clear vision how EDICs fit and what is the role in digitalization policy. So, thanks to his efforts, EDICs in Latvia have been assigned a clear role and also included in national digitalization policies and programs. Thank you. So next uh, is my good friend, Maurice Butter. Uh, he represents uh, Research and Innovation Institute TNO from Netherlands. 
and also a project Bowie that really works on a concept how edicts should collaborate among themselves. And he will share also us some of the tools and methodologies that have been created. Uh, next, uh, Dr. Gabor Witze uh, is CEO at InnoMine from Hungary. And InnoMine are distinguished experts in the field of strategic innovations, building innovation ecosystems, and also providing their expertise to governments and corporates. So, and InnoMine is also a digital innovation hub. Laima Balciune, the director at Sunrise Valley Science and Technology Park, also Lithuanian EDIH. And Laima is also a member of various uh, advisory and governing boards at national and European levels, at business education and innovation organizations. So Laima has a broad perspective on innovation and digitalization policies, both from strategy and also implementation side. And Iveta Strukkaja, Deputy Director at Investment and Development Agency at Latvia, organization that is directly in charge of many Latvian digitalization and innovation support actions, and also acting as EEN office in Latvia. So, let's jump into a topic. And we'll start with the definitions. Uh, as mentioned, ambitious mandate for European digital innovation hubs is given to serve as one-stop shop, to support SMEs, which is a main target group, to become more competitive with the help of digital tools and technologies. So EDIC program is about to be launched in all EU regions, requiring EDICs to collaborate among themselves and share expertise and access to technologies. But most important, EDICs are supposedly to be supported equally by European Commission and Member States. So at first glance, this definition seems very clear and straightforward. However, if we look more deeper in it, we see some kind of contradictions, and we also see some space for creativity from policymakers' side. And this is something that we are going to discuss. So we see that from one side, edicts are required to show excellence in advanced technologies, but from other side, national policymakers want to see growing digital capacity of the region, outreach of local SMEs who are uh, low digital maturity, and do this big job in uh, bringing digital transformation for majority of companies. So my first question goes to Gabor about SMEs. So you've been working a lot with uh, uh, programs uh, supporting digitalization of SMEs. So first maybe is if you, could, if you could elaborate in real life. So do you see that SMEs are really a core focus for digitalization programs as it is supposed to be? And then maybe you could also tell how do you see how to address this impact uh, of reaching lots of companies versus excellence with a high level and only for few. Thank you, Aiga. I think it is very important to understand who are SMEs. And um, there is a definition for that, but what I would like to highlight is first that many people think that small businesses are just uh, um, behaving the same as big corporates, but on a smaller scale. 
And I believe that that's, that's not true because they do need uh, different uh, methods to work. They are completely different. And also when we talk about uh, SMEs, then we are talking about a large number of entities and they are very heterogeneous. There are some who are very advanced and there are some who are uh, really going behind. And I believe that the major uh, issue is that overall in Europe, um, universities, research centers, even governments can work together and collaborate with corporates because if we talk about corporates, there are a few of them and then they are easier to handle on a one-on-one -on -one approach. And the main issue in Europe that uh, usually the smaller businesses are not able to connect to the uh, international innovation value chains. So they do not collaborate with universities, with research institutes, and also for governments, they, they uh, create a challenge because they are heterogeneous. And what is the real importance of, uh, and why the SMEs are not able to, to innovate that, that quickly? And I think that there, is, um, there are three, three issues that they lack uh, access to, to the latest technologies because whenever they, of course, they do have access to lots of information, but they do not need information in general and about any type of new technologies, but they need information about technologies which are useful for them. And uh, they also have much less resources and these resources are uh, both in terms of human resources, so less people, and that also financial resources. So financially, an SME has much less capability than a, than a big corporate. And this is um, impacting um, their behavior, and especially, and in these times, I think most importantly, the, the risk-taking attitude of the SMEs, because a big corporate might be able to afford to run 10, 20, 30 projects in parallel, and if some of them really uh, hit, then they are able to operate. But in case of a smaller business, it really makes uh, uh, for them a difference if, if they do run uh, one innovation project, and if that fails, then they have really an, uh, an issue. So do you see that EDIX uh, can have a certain role? So absolutely, I think in this, edicts can have a very important role because the edicts can know the local ecosystem, their needs, and then can uh, bring the information, the network, towards that specific SME, what is needed. And edicts can be uh, a central point to transfer out of all the resources, out of all the opportunities which are outside, mm -hmm. the ones which are relevant that uh, of, for those particular SME. And I see here the most important uh, role of, of edicts, and especially if we talk about digitization and digital transformation, then this can mean that the SME doesn't need to test so many things and then fail so many times if some others did this already and the edict can transmit this knowledge and this experience towards the SME. Mm -hmm. Laima, what is your experience and your opinion so about the role of EDIX uh, addressing SME needs? Should EDIX address uh, many SMEs with like a generalized or standardized uh, approach or only to few with uh, 
very specialized and highly innovative uh, products and solutions? Well, you know, ideally it would be uh, if uh, we can reach out to a large number of SMEs yeah. with very high quality and extensive services. Uh, unfortunately, uh, that might be uh, not doable, uh, but perhaps uh, we should uh, really uh, uh, target that and aim for that, at least at uh, very small steps. And uh, I do believe that in um, year time, uh, edicts uh, will gain uh, their competences and perhaps at some stage they will be able to do high quality services for a large number of SMEs because edicts are, uh, they will also have to build their own maturity. So with time, we mm -hmm. should be able to do more. Yeah. So let's move to the next question about the impact. And I want to address this question to Raimonds uh, from policymakers point of view. Raimonds, how do you think how it should be measured, mm -hmm. the impact. The impact is always should be measured. Uh, so uh, we started from, uh, from position when uh, there is two types of SMEs. One type of SMEs is company who is selling digital solutions. So they incorporate in a product digital solutions. Uh, they do, I don't know, if, uh, products in uh, digital security or in in transport or whatever, but digital is uh, tool is in essence center part of their business. They need excellence. They need excellence, best technology available uh, on the edge technology to outcompete their competitors. Um, but as we were planning investment in, uh, in 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 digitalization and the funds, what and the gaps which have to be filled was huge. We realized that the biggest question is for second type of SMEs. It's a question, yes, we agree, we need to digitalize, and so what, what we need to do? What I have to do to tomorrow? What means digitalization for me? And this is an answer which need to be, uh, this have to be broad. So you have to cover huge amount of companies. In Latvia case, we can compare, if these digital companies, I would say it's something like 200 companies which is on the edge of technology, we can call them. We can work with them directly. We, I can understand how the government can cooperate with them. While in this part where you have to define what it what means for you to be a, a user of digital tools, what actually you have to do to get the best uh, outcome of your investments, this is the biggest uh, challenge. That's why if there wouldn't be digital innovation hubs, we anyway, we would have to invent them. And this, this was at that stage, even we didn't know that there will be uh, edX uh, as a tool. So we incorporated it in, uh, it in our policy. So looking, and that's why at the end, why we finished at two uh, edX in Latvia, it's not because of covering of regions, it's just because you have completely different client types. One is working with uh, science, uh, new developments in the field and developing not big amount or broad spectrum of companies, but very high level. And then you have to cover a huge amount and get to the person wherever he is living to answer for you tomorrow. Digitalization means get, uh, throw out your paper uh, writings on, on your bookkeeping, implement Excel. That's the level which, which answers which we have to give. And so in this sense, there is two uh, measures which we are incorporated 
first one and most important one is coverage. So we need to figure out, we have to calculate and we have to achieve then as much as possible uh, small companies did the first step to introduce whatever digitalization project and Edic's role in there is to help for this company to maximize their outcomes of their investments. So this client have to be very happy about spending, I don't know, 5,000 euros getting uh, 2,000 from government for this first project and actually to do the thing and afterwards to talk about it, to say uh, in the neighborhood that digitalization was simple, it was this, this and that, and as a result, I have covered costs or I reduced my time on reporting or whatever uh, their impacts they have. So that for us measure is quite simple. It's coverage and how much pro projects, small projects, these companies have been implemented. Yes, of course, we have uh, KPIs and result-oriented uh, measures for larger as for these uh, innovative uh, part, but it's... I would like to, uh, to stress this that much more important is this coverage because this is something which even such small country as Latvia, we just can't. As a government, we can't reach everybody. And only decentralized uh, networks as, as Latvian Digital Innovation Hub can reach person by person in rural areas, everybody, uh, to actually answer the question, simple question, what I have to do to be digital? Yes, I want, but I don't know what to do. Thank you. Oh, Laima, would you like to add something? Yes, I would like to add uh, um, uh, from the technical side. The uh, European Commission Joint Research Centre uh, introduced a tool for a digital maturity assessment for customers of uh, EDICS. So it, it will really help us uh, to assess uh, uh, the uh, picture, which is the beginning and uh, after some time, after the service provision, what is the situation, how the dig digital maturity was raised with the help of EDICS. And uh, the tool is uh, really comprehensive and uh, we as an organization, we are uh, really happy that together with uh, partners and I think uh, Igo is uh, participating in it, mm -hmm. uh, last year uh, we were testing this tool and uh, now it is available and uh, as I said it is really comprehensive and uh, uh, you can uh, determine the uh, maturity of uh, business strategy, human-centric digitalization, green digitalization, data management and so on and so on. So yeah, th this will be um, obligatory for all of us and... Um, yeah. Yeah, sorry, can I, can I add to this? <laughs> Yes, this is a very good point about uh, digital test. It was very important, but uh, I know already what will be the uh, toughest points in cooperation with, with EDIX, at least in, in Latvian case. We clearly know that uh, the biggest challenge in, in, in test will be that we already know that it's outdated at the birth. <laughs> it have to be, uh, and EDIX role will be to add, because you will be on forefront discussing with clients, so the only persons who do understand what is lacking yes. in this test will be you. Yes. And this is something which you have to, con uh, which I, I repeat for myself too, uh, that we have to understand that this test, if it will be the same after, let's say, half a year, it's, it's bad. So we need to all the time to ask you and figure out what can be improved because it's not tested in real life. And most probably when it will hit to the face, uh, somebody who is living, I don't know, in Valmiera, uh, he will say that there is need additional things to be added because you can't measure me comparing with somebody else or whatever. But it means what I want to say is that yes, it's a very good tool, but with these tools always, 
I want to remember that it's outdated at the birth. You have to change, start to change today, and then uh, it will be moving forward and a really good tool. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much, Raymond. You outlined uh, national interests and how you put edicts into national strategy. But we have another aspect to discuss for edicts because edicts have also international or European mandate. And uh, Iveta, this is a question mostly for you because you are representing an organization who basically does both things. You are also involved in national development and you're also doing this international contacts, international things. How you see how it is possible to align national and European objectives, because both objectives are important for EDICs. Yeah, as EDICs are connected at the European level, they are among the first to, to know about new initiatives within the EU and being a place that holds knowledge on both local competencies and uh, European initiatives, EDICs can be a catalyst on leveraging new opportunities and be a matchmaker for international collaboration. And knowing the big picture, they can contribute to national tech communities to set strategic goals aligned with the EU initiatives. And of course, we see EDICs as a crucial tool to connect these two worlds and uh, integrate over local digitalization and development. Thank you. Gabor, anything to add? Yes, I, I think that uh, uh, EDICs uh, are a very central place also to bring the international best practices and knowledge towards the small businesses. And I think that it is a very important point that some small businesses are really small and can grow, but will never be international. Some others might have the opportunity to go international. And I think that today's world, the biggest change compared to where we were 20 or 30 years ago, that even a small business can become a small multinational, meaning being present in multiple countries. And I think that EDICs have a, a crucial role here to, to differentiate between those two groups and uh, provide the necessary uh, skills and, um, and uh, information to, to those both groups. And I think, and I would like to connect back to this digital transform, digital uh, uh, maturity assessment tool that the digital innovation hubs on the local level can, can bridge. And if they do only the assessment, that's not enough, but they need to do, and uh, they need to show how to do the digital transformation for the small businesses. And I think that the, the edicts have uh, various tools to do that, like just to, play a bit with the local key players to say that that your neighbor already did that why don't you go for that and things like that these are simple tricks but i think that's what how edicts shall operate to really achieve uh, the digital transformation of the of the local businesses mm -hmm. thank you moritz how do you think international collaboration is it beneficial for uh, from national perspective Oh yes, I think uh, there's, it, it's, it's clear that we're, we're not here because we think it's not. The, 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 the problem is a little bit for the, to, to downsize it to a very concrete element. So if you look at that, it is about using the capacities and capabilities throughout Europe for your region. 
or allowing other regions to benefit from your capacities and capability. That is very important. But if you also look at the, the, the national policymakers, the interest, uh, one of the interests is, of course, the industry. The eddies will uh, enable you to create the, 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 the corridors between the different regions so that SMEs can make, make use of market opportunities in other regions. And that's a very important uh, 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 interest uh, for, uh, for national policymakers. How to get the SMEs from your region or your country to go abroad and to expand the market, but also a back, back again using the expertise and experience, like Gabo said, in your own region. I think it's clear, if you look at the, uh, the, the Europe now and, the, and at the world now, that European collaboration is more important than, uh, than, than ever. So, uh, mm. very you, important. You mentioned corridors, right? So this is a topic I know you have been working a lot on. And uh, also, as a part of Bowie project, you created some tools and methodologies and uh, how to work on it, how to start it. Maybe you could share uh, why. Why did you come up with such idea? Uh, why it is important? And how do you see how, how it will work in, in real life? Yeah. yeah, thank you for uh, this opportunity also to, to say something about those corridors. Um, I think what, is, what was the main uh, factor uh, with the Bowie project uh, that we came up with the idea of Corridor was that everyone thought they uh, collaborated internationally or interregionally. But what you see is that there's a lot of projects, one-off projects, and that's something that was disturbing for us. And that made us think about uh, how to create more structural collaborations. And if you then look at uh, what we did within the Bowie project, we developed frameworks in order to get to a higher level of collaboration. So we built templates for business models. How can you create a business model for those uh, collaborations? How you can organize your governance, how you can organize your organization, how you can get a cultural connection between. And then also uh, it is about uh, uh, creating financial structures in order to allow each other to uh, work uh, uh, between each other. Another tool that we've developed is the so-called Bowie heat map. And that's, that allows the first step of engaging between two regions, engaging with each other and setting, if you have a heat map of each region, setting the agenda for the first talks. Where can we collaborate? What are we looking for? What kind of opportunities are there to collaborate? So that's a very important uh, tool, uh, tool also. And the, perhaps the third one is that we have an assessment tool uh, uh, in which two regions can explore what they want, what they want to get out of that interregional collaborations. Uh, this corridor maturity assessment tool allows you to share your ambition between the two parties uh, on both sides of the corridor, as we, uh, as we say, and that will help you to focus the discussions and focus the further development of your uh, interregional innovation corridor. So what is your recommendation or your suggestion for those policymakers who are quite reluctant to see uh, companies and researchers going outside the region or like giving away money outside the region, uh, except if it's not an export? Yeah, so, so export is an important part. <laughs> yeah. But 
what we saw is that uh, there's a lot of investment needed to uh, create a, a structural collaboration between the two entities. That's why uh, a lot of the project, it's a one-off, because you spend a lot of money to create the collaboration, and then it falls down again. So that's my recommendation. Try to use those individual ad hoc projects and try to uh, use them as a kind of a sandbox also to, uh, on, on the meta level in order to uh, create that structural collaboration that will reduce the opportunities for, uh, uh, that will be offered next time, reduce the efforts that you need to set up the collaborations. Mm -hmm. Iveta, you were willing to add something, right? Yeah, I just wanted to add regarding uh, um, collaboration and uh, I think that this is uh, beneficial uh, for all stakeholders actually and one good example and one clear example is the proposal for the regulation of European health data space and as we know data is critical and most innovative uh, solutions and new drugs and healthcare methods can be developed only based on on um, uh, considerable amount of data and data gathering is of course uh, time and money demanding process and by creating this uh, European health data space which offers a space uh, for safe uh, health data transfer it enables scientists to um, effectively use the data already collected for one purpose to research or to validate it for other other researches and perspectives. It, it means that the same data will create more added value products and of course it's also give positive impact to GDP. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So we all realize that interregional collaboration is important and it brings value. Uh, I have a question for Gabor and Laima for you too as you are working a lot as, a, as a hubs and also collaborating a lot. Uh, we see that uh, there's a huge differences in understanding European Digital Innovation Hub concept among member states. So in each member state and in each region, uh, hubs are organized in different way, with different objectives, with different structures, uh, uh, also with different KPIs. So how do you think if those differences in understanding and also in execution of model among member states, is it does it create defragmentation of the EU impact or on the other side, it creates even more opportunities for collaboration and it benefits even more? <laughs> I think that uh, the basic concept and the main, the ultimate objective of the EDICs are similar each European region to support the digital transformation of the SME to serve as a one-stop shop. And, uh, how to achieve this, this might vary depending on the specific region because uh, there are very different needs if in one region there is, for example, a very strong healthcare sector and there are lots of uh, SMEs, for example, in, in um, um, healthcare uh, sector, then they do have a different needs like the automotive sector or, 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 uh, uh, or tourism. So I think that a certain level of um, specialization is definitely needed. And the, the key point is exactly here to exchange the, the best practices and how to, how to work in the different sector, how to cope with the, the specific challenges of the SMEs, because 
uh, even if you, in a specific region, for example, healthcare is, uh, is more important, but still there will be for sure other industries. And then uh, the ED cannot be expert in all fields uh, of the economy, but this is the objective of the cooperation. And I would like to recall here also the, the I4MS initiative and other uh, European Commission-driven initiatives where um, cascade funding uh, um, methods were, were used, and I believe that those uh, tools were very, very good for uh, national states, for the member states and also for the SMEs to get involved into the international uh, circles and to really learn how things are done in, in other countries. I think uh, that it's uh, really true that each country, each region will have uh, very different edicts in terms of shapes, uh, in terms of business models, activities and so on. Uh, but um, soon they will start to collaborate. Uh, they will define their weaknesses, uh, uh, their strengths, and uh, I think uh, they will start to complement each other. And um, as a consequence, it will be new opportunities and benefits for SMEs. Thank you. And Lima, uh, you at Sunrise Valley have already been working a lot to foster collaboration among digital innovation hubs at that time. So how do you see this collaboration? Where could it go in future? Um, future is bright. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yes, we are working uh, uh, quite a lot and for a quite long time with the digital innovation hubs, now with European digital innovation hubs. And uh, the journey started more than four years ago. And uh, back then uh, we established a project uh, uh, that united uh, DIGS from Scandinavia, from Baltic countries. And as a, a result, uh, now we are having alliance for Baltic Sea region European Digital Innovation Hubs. And uh, uh, at the beginning of this year, we signed a contract, well, memorandum of understanding. And yesterday uh, we had a very nice meeting and uh, uh, we set points for further collaboration. And uh, what next uh, we have, of course, we, we will need to, to map uh, specialization. Uh, we will uh, uh, need to uh, connect regional innovation ecosystems. Of course, we will have to work on understanding and trust. And um, I think that in one year time, we will uh, start drafting new initiatives and, and new projects for uh, industry digitalization. So future is bright? Yes. So thank you very much. And uh, maybe uh, finalizing our discussion, I would like all of you concluding today's discussion, give one, two, okay, maybe three, recommendation for policymakers. What to do next with European Digital Innovation Hub program, how to implement it, and uh, to avoid confusions and maybe to avoid reluctancy to be involved in uh, EDIC programs. Raymond, yeah, I'll start yeah. with you. <laughs> I see. Um, the, for us, uh, I think that the, uh, it's quite simple. We have to, uh, we are really waiting uh, that we can start, sit down and, and have the first, uh, the first clients coming. Uh, it will be the first step to figure out how it's actually is delivered 
uh, to the clients in, in, in Latvia. Uh, then most probably, as I said, there will be some adjustments. Uh, I already can imagine that in 2023, the biggest uh, challenges will be related that actually the uh, network is deployed, uh, that clients start to complain as it always happens, there is improvements possible. So this will be the first steps. Um, 2024, 2025, most probably uh, we will start to see that uh, some of our as a government activities, which we like, for example, this uh, uh, defining industrial uh, industries uh, specialization, research specialization, we will uh, we will have finally one very good partner which is actually uh, looking on our industry from digital perspective. So there will start to be merging some several activities which we have with edX, like uh, in Latvia case, uh, everything related to the uh, innovation project uh, support, uh, digitalization, human capital. In 2024, 2025, uh, most probably this will be topic. So the next will be closer measuring inside of government uh, two policies, now two policies, digital and innovation policy closer and closer. So this is a short term. Uh, and secondly, I'm, I'm very glad to see more and more cooperation projects because it's uh, it, in, in, in La Baltic's case, it's not a question there is none company which can live just, for example, in Latvia. They're all international anyway. Uh, whatever company in Latvia which is serving more than three clients, they are dealing already with international com comp uh, competitive com com competition, sorry, just two simple words. Um, and uh, they have to be faced with, with competition from other markets, so they have to be understand what is going on uh, outside, outside Latvia. So that's why these uh, cooperation projects, uh, most probably there will come a lot of uh, new stuff which we can work together. Supporting cooperation projects. It is. So, Maurits, your recommendation to policymakers. Yeah, I'll be short. Yep. So, use the projects, the individual projects, as a sandbag, uh, sandbox to create structural collaborations. So, ask every time if there's project partners from both sides collaborating, ask them what will go, uh, what will be done next and how you can lower the barrier for further co uh, collaboration in the future. That would be my biggest uh, 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 recommendation. Yeah. Thank you. Gabor? Uh, I think that for the edicts, for the mm, member states, I do see uh, different attitudes from the governments. Many do not fully understand what is edicts about and how to embed the edicts into other uh, instruments and other policy frameworks. So my first recommendation is to consider edicts as friends and then create the, the framework around the edicts where, where edicts can really make an impact. The second thing is that um, uh, I believe that edicts should focus their energy and their resources to the areas where they can create the biggest impact. Uh, and this means this, in, this will be different, this might be different in different regions, uh, but I think that the, the impact must be a very important uh, factor. And then as a, a third one, uh, I would like to, to complement uh, uh, Maurits in this, that uh, edicts in most cases doesn't know the solution completely, so they will for sure test different things. So if they fail for the first time, don't let them fail completely, but then for the next time they will do it and they are also doing 
um, the things in a learning by uh, uh, doing uh, attitude. And I think that's where the, the um, um, policymakers should support. Thank you. Edicts are friends and do impact. Lima, your recommendations? Well, my recommendation, perhaps a wish, <laughs> not a recommendation, would be for edicts and policymakers to talk more. Uh, because at the end of the day, we are all here for, for the same goal. And uh, uh, we have to be on the same page and, and uh, we have to share the same understanding. And uh, um, uh, edicts should be properly supported. And I'm not talking here about financials. Edicts are implementing uh, um, politics strategy for digitalization. So without proper support, edicts will not run smoothly. So I think uh, uh, we all should embrace uh, flexibility, agility, and uh, most importantly, collaboration. Thank you. Iveta? Um, competency is key, and uh, I strongly believe that Edith's story is about uh, knowledge transfer, so the main task might be to raise this uh, competence by learning from the best, and even lacking proper infrastructure or investment in certain areas, national stakeholders can build basic competence for further development. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for being with us in this very short discussion about European Digital Innovation Hubs for policymakers. And we indeed hope that programs that will take off very soon uh, will become a backbone for industry digitalization in all EU regions. And we have a question for the panel. By the way, you can also ask questions to each other or maybe do some objections to steer up things. But uh, we do have a question from Andre. Uh, and Andre is uh, commenting this and question is at the end. Most technologies, even the latest ones, have already a high maturity and technology readiness level to be applied in daily business and so forth digitalization. Even many policy frameworks are developing well on national and EU levels. Meanwhile, risks and concerns are related to people, not companies. Uh, and that is what is blocking decisions and implementations. So the question is, what is your approach to engaging and empowering people to make them trust and act? Because they are the ones who are saying politicians, we need this, let's do it. Yeah, I'm ready to vote for it. Yes, that's the point. Is that what, what sorry, what, what, what I uh, was saying? This is exactly uh, when government was uh, talking for and talking and politicians, especially uh, officials, are talking about that, yes, digitalization is good. So the question is for, for these, uh, for these uh, the question is from, not from legal person. It is just, a, I don't know, Janis or Maia who is asking, it's very good what we are talking, what I have to do, what you mean by that. And that's what, uh, what is, uh, very, where there is no solution in existing mechanisms. Like we can't, as a government, as a ministry, we can't reach everybody to answer this question. That's why we need network, which is in this case, EDIC. Uh, and Latvia case, what is very important uh, in the establishment part, it was very important, it is not uh, developed by government itself. So this is actually industry which created Basing on the existing network of, of the companies, this network in, in Latvia. It means that we will be not stealing additional workforce from business, from government. It is existing network. That's why 
I believe in in in, in our approach completely. You know, that it's uh, and yes, it have to talk with people, not with companies. They have to answer them. And on companies level, uh, so what is that struggle? Let's say. I think uh, that. Uh, uh, in, in the introductory um, sentences, I was talking about the risk-taking attitude of the small businesses. Because when we talk about digital transformation, that's a risky project or a risky thing for, for the SMEs. And if we think about the persons, it's not that the persons are at the small businesses not as much risk-taking as at corporates but simply they do have the less resources, so they can have only one shot and they do not want to fail. And I think this is where the edicts have the crucial role to really support those, those people uh, in these type of decisions uh, and, and bring the best practices, bring, bring practices from other, other companies, from other geographies in, in Europe, uh, because with this they can decrease the risk. Also, governments can play a major role here uh, to, to combine other programs like from the structural funds to fuel the digital transformation projects of, uh, of SMEs with um, some, some grants because that will also uh, remove this barrier or will decrease the, the risk from the, from the small business perspective. All right, any other look on this question because we can translate it in all the ways. Well, well if, I, if I may, I, I think the eddies are about reducing the, uh, the, 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 the transaction cost of the innovation relay game. So if there are companies out there that have wonderful solutions that, can bring, that they can bring to the re other regional uh, uh, users, customers, or to other regions, the eddies are there to reduce the barrier to get their, those technologies to the other parties. So I would very much urge also the government and also the EDIS themselves to focus on that. You're the one that gives the sticks of the innovation relay and make sure that it lands to another uh, organization. Organize that. All right. Um, anything else to add on this before we... I've uh, got a question. Yeah? Good. Yeah, I was stimulated. Finally. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a question to uh, the the uh, Raymond. Um, so the eddies are there, and they are there for first three years, perhaps seven years. But I would say that the eddies should be there forever. Are you already thinking about that? How to uh, uh, to 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 deal with the questions if if the eddies uh, have established some kind of a critical mass, but then not to have a depreciation of all the efforts that are put in there, but that they can take on forever. Yes, completely. This was uh, what we are started from the beginning, uh, which is very important. We assume this is investment money, and there is two paying customers in this one. If we want to sustain, somebody have to pay a bill. Uh, clearly government itself. Uh, we have seven years, as you said, when we have to prove uh, with edicts that this is service so valuable, uh, that Ministry of Finance is ready to write check. So benefits, cost-benefit analysis, and that's it. Second one, uh, which uh, sometimes you concentrate too much on government because it, it could spend money on this and this could be different priorities. So uh, again, this test and all the services, uh, especially in the field where you are, when we are dealing with 
SMEs, which are on this M side, uh, medium companies, uh, in, if this service is of value, then they are ready to pay. So if you uh, do this, so, and we will be encouraging that this thinking around services which can be uh, sellable uh, commercially, uh, it's, it, we have to find them and, and as soon as possible. And third one, this, I, this wasn't my, uh, like our plan in the beginning, but the international projects always can have impact on, on this too. So it's, uh, you can raise and fund, but then uh, I would be concentrating on these two. The international projects will come and clearly they're of interest, but long-term funding, two sources, the best one is commercial sales. The second best is government uh, check for, for services delivered. But yes, you're completely right. Seven years, complete budget, more than 20 million euros. This is investment money. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Thank you, Aiga. Thank you, Andre. And panelists. <laughs>